Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Caregivers Speak. This is Marjorie Papsteinmetz, your host, and I'm so delighted to welcome you all today. Today we have an update on the Creative Caregiving Guide, which we have not talked about since, oh, maybe nine months ago. And this guide is a wonderful piece developed by National Center for Creative Aging, and what it's all about is creating lasting memories for you and your loved one. As we leave the holidays, um, I have a couple of very sick loved ones in my own family, and it came to me very poignantly that memories and legacy with you and your family are the lasting things in this life. And so um, I wish for you all today uh, a a really a good show and a good show to listen to our amazing guest, uh, Jenny Smith Piers, who is with us. She is the executive director of the National Center for Creative Aging, and I'm happy to say is a dear friend of mine. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marjorie. It's it's delightful to be here and uh, to hear your voice in this new year. So thanks for having me. You're so welcome, and tell our listeners why you are in this arena of creative aging and how you come to it and where you develop the passion for helping people create memories. Um, sure. You know, I think it it really begins in my childhood when I was sitting on the porch with my great aunts and uncles in East Tennessee uh, taking in their stories and um, being surrounded by their love and wisdom and humor. And I think, you know, I, I really have to attribute it to those days of sitting on the porch with them. Uh, and then I and I also think fast-forwarding my life uh, to my early 20s, I was lucky enough to participate and volunteer as an AmeriCorps member, again, in my home state of Tennessee. And uh, it was there, our mandate was to serve the health and well-being of, of middle Tennesseans, older middle Tennesseans. And um, it was in that experience that I saw for the first time how vulnerable older people can be to um socioeconomic pressures, health pressures, um, ageism, and how diminished their lives could become um, without helpful interventions such as the arts or uh, disease management or even as simple as building a roof over their head. And, And so I think, you know, through those life experiences and many others, but those two really stand out, is what has has driven me and led me to this work of of serving older people and making sure that their dignity and well-being is protected and honored and what better way to do that than through the arts. So that is briefly mm-hmm. how I got here. <laughs> so so well put. That front porch I think figures prominently for a lot of us and I'm sure for many of our listeners today and so well put. So the National Center for Creative Aging, um, you you come to this work, and this center is at the heart of 
helping people who are vulnerable in one way or the other. Um, would you here at the top of the show, Jenny, give us your website, and then I'll ask you for that at the end of the show as well so that our listeners can jot down. Um, I know they're going to want to get onto this website. This is a fantastic website. So please give that to us. Yeah, thank you, Marjorie. And, I, and I'm thrilled to say in a week and a half from now, mid-January, we'll be revealing um, an even better new and improved website. So you can find us at creativeaging.org. And the, the Creative Caregiving Guide that we're going to talk about today, you'll also be able to find on that website. So, again, it's creativeaging.org. Great. Thank you. And, you know, go on the site this week, but as Jenny's mentioning, uh, be sure to get on that site next week, too, when you can see the even new and improved version. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't stop from going there today, but, yeah, certainly, certainly continue exactly to visit right. us. <laughs> It'll deserve, it deserves multiple visitations. So, exactly. Um, so generally the mission of NCCA is what, Jenny? So we are uh, here to lead the what's called the creative aging field, and we are here to serve our members uh, and advance and lead them in being able to cultivate, promote, sustain, and catalyze the creative expression of older adults. Our members really uh, cover a wide swath of aging and arts providers, so from government, and we work with government agencies and social services and healthcare agencies, along with um, grant makers and universities and uh, cultural institutions. So our grand vision is that we hope to create a, a more equitable, age-friendly world and society through the arts. Great. That's a noble purpose, and I can tell you all that NCCA does that every day. And there's just been so much buzz about this product that NCCA has created called the Creative Caregiving Guide. Tell us how that all began, Jenny. Yeah, so the guide predates me, which is really so our our last uh, executive director began this initiative to uh, support caregivers, I, I think it really from it really came out of this desire to provide alternative interventions for caregivers to work and be and exist with their loved ones. Um, and through the research that the NCCA did and thinking about launching this project, it was noted that um, there, there was not a significant amount of interventions that were non-pharmological that could be done in the home or, um, you know, on one-on-one -on -one or even in maybe professional care settings. And not only that, it was noticed that there weren't a lot of art interventions. And I think a lot of us know and understand that right now there isn't a cure for Alzheimer's or dementia. And... Um, there is, however, research that shows non-pharmacological approaches, such as the art, do help reduce some of the symptoms of the disease. So uh, we thought it would be great to create the caregiving guide. 
So the <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> so the guide is really for caregivers, but the effects and benefits also go to their loved ones. That's correct. So so out of this internal research that we did, um we discovered that there are no uh, or a lack of online platforms that caregivers can have access to to find uh, artistic interventions to do with their loved one. So we created this free online platform that allows caregivers to go in and learn how to do uh, art, visual arts with their loved one, or do poetry or um, music. So whatever the caregiver is inclined towards doing, they can look it up on our guide and download a lesson plan or a video, a how-to video, and to do this with their partner. That is really terrific. You know, when I think back to my own caregiving, So much of the tools and resources were outside the home. The caregiver had had to get up, you know, I'd get dressed, I'd go out, find somebody to take care of my loved one, go out to a seminar, um, and then not all, you know, sometimes I would get something that I could really use, other times I didn't. But this guide meets the caregiver where they are, where they live, which is mostly at home and does it with a uh, an amazing tool. Now, is it easy to access it? Sounds like it is. Yeah, so again, it's on our website creativeaging.org and on the site you'll you'll see uh, the creative caregiving guide and once you go to that site, you'll be able to log in and for free, this is free for caregivers. And uh, once you open the guide, you'll see a variety of different um, artistic practices or interventions that you can do with your loved one. There are also um, art interventions and instructions in Spanish. So we're really excited that it's also a, a guide that is bilingual. And um, soon we will have... Uh, additional interventions that will uh, be ones that you can actually do with your loved one sitting in front of the computer. Oh, my gosh. This is just great. So, um, and and it sounds like you can start in any place. You know, when you said poetry, um, I know that um, I have a couple of loved ones that might not be crazy about the poetry, but they sure would like to start with the music part. Or, so, the, so you can begin uh, the artistic experience online with your loved one at any point in uh, the guide. Is that right? Yeah, yeah great question. Yeah, so the, the guide is meant to be uh, flexible, and so you can jump in and choose any lesson um, at any skill level that you want. And the guide is meant for people who are not artists. So I'm already hearing out there in your audience, like, I can't do this. I'm not creative. Um, I won't, I don't feel comfortable logging in. But the whole point is, is that it is meant 
for all of us who feel like we are not artistic and, and don't feel creative. It is meant to be really simple, exciting ways to connect to your loved one um, and and not to be taken, you know, word for word. Like you can really adapt it uh, for your needs and use it as a spark of inspiration um, to to be with your loved one. And, you know, I can give uh, testimony to what Jenny is saying. Um, and I would say to all of you, if you like watching a movie with your loved one, if you like listening to music with your loved one, uh, if you like to read the newspaper with your loved one or read a book with your loved one or dance across the room, um, this guide is for you. Um, that's how artistic you have to be is if you just enjoy those things as a regular person, um, this guide is really engages you where you live and where you are. So um, l- let's go back, Jenny, to the primary audience. Now, this is something for the family caregiver and their loved ones. Um, could a professional caregiver, someone like a nurse, for example, because um, sometimes we have those people in our audience, nurses and doctors, could they use it in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. So we are transforming the platform where it will have the ability for nurses and doctors and CNAs and other healthcare professionals to access it through a different, excuse me, portal. So they will have... Um, it will be more of a subscription-based service for for these professionals, and uh, will allow them to have access to to other materials, um, so that they can bring this into their healthcare practice. But we do encourage these uh, wonderful men and women on the front lines to help us spread the word of this uh, to people who are newly diagnosed. Um, I, I should back up and say this caregiving guide is for a, a broad range of those living with dementia, from those who are newly diagnosed to those in the mid to latter stages. And you'll see on the caregiving guide, it will point you in, in the directions of, of those paths. But uh, going back to the healthcare professionals, we'd really love it at the NCCA, you know, for you guys to help us spread the word about it. And, you know, so often I hear from caregivers that they don't have the tools right away uh, to to work with their loved one. or to, and, and so we would love it if people could start spreading the word about this immediately. Great. Well, I hope that this radio show, and uh, for <laughs> those of you listening, as you know, we always provide an archive after the show which will be on my site, mycaregivingcoach.com, on ecarediary.com, the people that support this show. Um, This archive of this show will be on um, the NCCA. And so feel free to share that archive with friends. Uh, As Jenny's saying, feel free to just give them the website name. But please spread the message. This is... Um, In the 10 years that I have worked with caregivers, um, had my own website, I've done this show, I can easily tell all of you this is one of the most significant resources 
that meet you where you live, where you are, what you need than most any other resource I have seen. So please do share the information with others. And and we also would just like to say that, that there is a feedback um, portion of this. So if you're not seeing what you need or, or what you would like um, or you have feedback about the different interventions, then please let us know. We, we take the feedback very seriously and, and because of it have changed the guide to be more flexible and adaptable to the caregiving needs. Great. Thank you so much, Jenny. That's a, that's a great feature. Um, so where and um, how extensively is this being used? Are we talking just in the United States, outside? I mean, where, where, is all, where is this being used? Yeah, so surprisingly, this, the guide is, is being utilized in uh, several countries outside of the U.S., predominantly Australia, the U.K., and Canada. Um, we have a, a wide swath of users uh, throughout the U.S. Um, it is something that can be you, – you have to have an Internet connection, so we're definitely seeing people – um, you know, use it who have that ability and that access. Um, but I encourage those who don't, maybe they can go to the library and download the lesson plans and take them home. Um, and so we're also seeing a high use of our, of our bilingual uh, interventions as well, which is really exciting to see. So uh, currently we have uh, 3,000 subscribers, and I would say – Every day, you know, a quarter of them are accessing it and using the guide. So um, we hope to just keep increasing that number and that and that exposure uh, to other populations. Great. So let's say that I'm a listener and I'm sitting here uh, listening to the show, and I happen to be a member of a faith community, and I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe I ought to introduce this to my minister or to my rabbi or someone, you know, in my church who who organizes things in the fellowship hall, would this be something, and do you have you experience with caregivers using this together in a faith community setting? Oh, you know, I would love to see that happen. Um, we, don't, we don't have direct experience right now with faith-based communities using it. Uh, we do have some facilities using it, and we're we're testing a model now where um, you know you you as a facilitator uh, access the guide and get additional training and support from the National Center for Creative Aging. Um, the guide is really meant for caregivers, and if uh, someone is interested in facilitating a whole group of people using it, then um, we have a different way, we're building a different way of accessing it and supporting them, those facilitators and those facilities um, so that it really is something that is a, a tool for them uh, and, and becomes embedded in that community. So um, we would love faith-based communities to use it um, and to reach out to us ab about that so that we can help them facilitate these programs. 
we are using it with early memory loss programs here in Washington, D.C. We're piloting it with them, with a, with a group here in D.C., so we're really excited about that. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly available for groups to use, but we really reach out to the National Center for Creative Aging to talk to us about how we can best support them through this guide. Terrific. So I'm a, in a community I think could use this. So I would, would I just go to the feedback form that you mentioned in the uh, Creative Caregiving Guide section of the website and just say, I'd like you to give me a call or here's my email or my phone number and uh, please give us a call because we'd like to start such a thing? Well, I think even before you register for the Caregiving Guide, if you're a facilitator at a facility, um, to reach out to us before then, and you can do okay. that uh, at info at creativeaging.org, and then we'll be able to get back to you and, and talk to you about the different ways Great. that we can work together. Yeah. So that's info at creativeaging.org. That's right. Mm-hmm. That information. Great. So um, tell us about the success stories and the kind of feedback you've received from caregivers thus far, Jenny. Sure. I think, you know, some of my favorite stories that I hear about the guide um, come from from people who uh, are looking for ways to reconnect to their loved one. Um, they both have felt isolated from each other and um, are looking, you know, for new, for new ways to communicate and to be together. And um, one story in particular, uh, her mother was uh, very physical and very uh, in, a, in a really unpleasant way and really agitated a lot of the time. And she told us that um, she was really desperate for ways to be with her mom and to also have a little bit of respite, but um, she was desperate to connect to her again. And um, her mom was probably in the mid to latter stages. And she found out about the guide, and she uh, knew that her mother loved painting, but it had not been something that occurred that she should do uh, with her loved one. And um, there was a a great great, uh, lesson in there around using uh, leaves in the fall and, and fall memories and things like that. So we are using a lot more senses. And so she did it. She took her mom out and got leaves, and they collected the art supplies. And um, she got the paint and was really nervous about this, that it could end up being a, a, a disaster. But her mother, she said, like, did a 180. She sat down and was really focused and was really calm. Just it, it just changed her whole demeanor, and um, they I could could be together again in this new way uh, through the art. But what what and it, and it you know was really moving to hear that it uh, brought this this kind of peace and connection back to their relationship. But I think that the thing that is really interesting to me is that she she had never thought about using painting despite the fact that she knew her mother liked to paint. It just had not seemed some, like something that um, had really occurred to her. And um, 
so I, I think that like it's really easy to overlook um, these things in our relationships when so many other pressures are mounting and um, we're stressed out about, you know, caring for them and, and also just dealing with the fact that they've changed so much that how could they like painting again? But, you know, I think the arts are just this incredible intuitive bed, you know, way to connect and it's such a bedrock of who we are as human beings. So uh, I was really moved by that story um, and the, and the change of, of what happened between them. That is an amazing story. You're right. It illustrates so many things that sometimes the answer forward is right in front of us. And we look at what our loved ones love to do or used to love to do and find an an opening there. And the other piece you mentioned is that whole sense of creating a normal space where you can both be, uh, the you know, mother and daughter or husband and wife or whatever, uh, and capture, recapture that space. If for only a while, at least it provides that respite. So lovely. That's an amazing story. And I know you have many more like that, that uh, that is the tip of the iceberg. So, Jenny, what are your future plans for this guide? We're, we're, to I mean, this take could, over the world. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it could go forever. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback um, about it. And, you know, some some of the things we're adding are, are um, more basic warm-up uh, interventions. So, as an example, like, just spending time reflecting on that on that statement you just made, what did our loved ones used to do? And just spending some time reflecting on that and um, realizing that imagination is uh, still possible with their loved one, uh, you know, and uh, tapping into that imagination. There's just a, a world of humanity still left in this person. So, so, so for our future plans, we we really hope to continue to add more uh, lessons to the guide, lessons that you can download and do offline, but also lessons you can sit in front of the computer and do actually with your loved one or do with your iPad or phone. Um, we also are are hoping to con- to pour this into. Uh, healthcare system, so it is a tool that is given immediately to people who are newly diagnosed. There is some great research out there, especially around theater and improv, that shows those who are newly diagnosed and take part in acting or theater games have better word recall than uh, those who don't, who are newly diagnosed. And, you know, there's also a lot of great research around uh, these other arts-based interventions, too, that just show the true value. So we also... My dream is to continue to add more bilingual, but we are uh, talking to Gallaudet, which is a, a deaf university here in uh, D.C., and I'm I'm hoping to add some uh, modules that are actually in sign language. So um, I know that would so so the idea is like Ooh. how can we continue to make this more and more accessible to all populations and uh, especially, you know, caregivers of all, 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 uh, all sorts of caregivers. And, um, 
And then also, how can we continue to bring it to healthcare spaces um, as an intervention until it cures down? Well, those are all amazing plans, and so you're immediately invited back in another six to eight months, and we'll find out what you're doing, (laughs) Jenny Smith-Pierce at NCCA. Um, I'd like to remind our listeners that if they go on creativeaging.org, or if they have a specific question or feedback immediately at info, uh, info at creativeaging.org, uh, please do so. Share the information. An archive will be coming soon here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, it will be on the NCCA website most probably. It will be on my website, mycaregivingcoach.com, and on ecarediary.com. Uh, people who support this show. So please um, share this and please go on the website. You'll be glad that you did it. And Jenny Smith Pierce, we are so glad you were on the show today. And thank you. Yeah, thank you, Marjorie. And thanks to everyone for being interested in this. And, and we hope you'll join in and, and participate in our guide. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Thanks to our listeners and everyone. Have a great day.